Hello and welcome to our new podcast series in which we talk about the present and future of Germany's economic powerhouse, the state of Bavaria. My name is Daniel and I'm a senior manager for investment and expansion at the Bavarian U.S. Offices for Economic Development, located in New York City. Since 1999, we support U.S.-based companies to expand to the German state of Bavaria and obviously vice versa. Our service is free, confidential and individual and our team is international. We are there for you locally and worldwide with more than 20 offices across the globe. Today, I will call Marie Langer, the second generation CEO at EOS, the leading technology provider worldwide for industrial 3D printing and talk to her about the present and future of additive manufacturing. Let's keep our fingers crossed and hope she picks up the phone. Hello and good afternoon, Marie in Munich. Thank you so much for joining our podcast series and talk a little bit about the very interesting topic of additive manufacturing. But first of all, I would like hand over to you and would like to ask you to quickly introduce yourself so our listeners know who you are, what you do, what your role is, and maybe you also want to introduce your company very briefly. Yes, of course. Uh, thank you for inviting me, Daniel, for this talk. I'm very pleased to have it. Uh, so I'm CEO of EOS. Uh, EOS is a family-owned uh, company that was founded 30 years ago at sea, um, situated in Kreibling near Munich in Germany. Uh, we are the world's leading technology supplier in the field of industrial 3D printing um, of metals and polymers. Um, our headquarter, as I said, is situated in, in Germany, but we are a global player with uh, subsidiaries in Europe, North America and Asia. So we actually offering um, additive manufacturing systems, material software and consulting And um, yeah, are um, the market leader, and I'm now taking over since actually October as the second generation, the leading role for the company, and I'm very excited to drive this further. That sounds super interesting. Um, so if I did my math correctly, um, you obviously grew up in the additive manufacturing 3D printing world. Um, and I'm sure that you heard a lot about it and heard a lot of interesting stories probably from your father. So what do you remember looking back? How how does this, um, did this technology evolve? Um, how did it develop over the last couple of years? And where are we currently? Yeah, so I think for me, it was very normal, kind of like this, this uh, 3D printing process that my dad always described on the kitchen table. And um, I remember when I was a little child, he once brought home um, a part made out of a polymer and it was a ball in the ball. And you kind of like could only manufacture that with 3D printing due to the complex design. And um, conventionally, that was not possible to, to make that time. Of course, for me, I was more excited about the ball than, than the part itself and could not really understand the, the implications. But then... I remember that I think like 10 or 15 years ago, every like the whole 
um, industries and the economy started to talk about 3D printing. And so I called my dad and I and I asked him like like this 3D printing thing like kind of like sounds like, like the, the thing you're talking about all the time EOS. And he just told me like so yeah yeah that's kind of like uh, something we do here and then they they start to call it 3D printing now and so we also call it industrial 3D. Printing. That was the point where I started to realize that that's something big. It's just not kind of like a mid-sized board company that your parents own um so i kind of realized the potential of it and also in the last years i started to to uh, involve myself much more in the company i was always very interested in the topics of sustainability and innovation and i realized actually the potential of this technology also to um drive a sustainable create a more prosperous world with that and being more resource aware and able to to create lightweight components that that we all have in airplane planes that we cannot use right now but actually have a major uh, contribution to reduce um, gas um, um, emissions and um, yeah also the whole customization part of the technology and that you can see and the medical part and the consumer goods industry you can customize your eyewear, your helmets, your insoles that you wear in the shoes, and of course also medical devices. So there's so much potential that I see is so much fitting to the society and to our digital generations. And actually the whole digitalization that we see um, in the world right now, that, um, yeah, I, I kind of uh, am really excited to to. Uh, to be part of this right now and uh, to contribute to to make it as big as possible actually and make everyone understand what decentralized manufacturing flexible supply chain actually can offer to the world great so it really sounds like that your dad's vision somehow came to life and we we are actually now in the in this in this time period where this technology is really ramping up um, and we can obviously see first um, pieces and parts that have been 3D printed and additive manufactured. So, I mean, um, the big elephant in the room is obviously COVID-19 and everyone is talking about how COVID is actually impacting our, our world and the world we used to live in. Um, do you actually see COVID um, having a positive impact on your industry, on the additive manufacturing sector? So in general, of course, I, I want to state that the crisis we're in right now is something I think none of us ever faced before. And it's it's a horrible thing we have to go through. Um, but I also think that in every crisis, there's a chance to kind of like learn and to adapt. And what we see actually that, of course, on the business side, it's getting more challenging because uh, revenues are going down, economy is slowing down. So we have to balance it. But when we talk about the potential of the technology and how what we can contribute also in this time i see a lot of benefits like we also started um, at eos a platform it's called 3d against corona and also a linkedin group where we actually uh, um, yeah gathered our us community to support uh, uh, the fight in times of this pandemic making sure that we have an open platform um, that features relevant data and projects, 
valuable files that actually um, can contribute to print products that are um, actually system relevant uh, and, and of use right now in the medical area. So that's what we do short term because we, we, we want to help and we feel that that's really important also to, to do whatever is possible. And um, yeah, but also um, related to the question you said, what's the positive side we see there is that I think we kind of received a wake up call that like this, this complex supply chains, the, the uh, mega factories we plan and we all operate in, they're not working in this kind of pandemic anymore. And our technology is actually able to provide a solution here as we can realize decentralized and distributed manufacturing. So smaller factories, smaller uh, machines operating much closer to, to the places where we have the need. And um, so we're actually with our technology and our machines, there are around like 3000 globally um, in general. And, and with a lot of them, we like our customers, service providers or OEMs, they produce actually respiratory masks right now or parts that that are um, um, complementary to that. And um, so what we see is actually that we can, in times of this crisis, um, um, react and um, um, use the technology um, in the in the best way possible also to to leverage the potential and to create solutions that um, our normal traditional uh, setup in the world is not able to do. So I believe that it will kind of like give us a kind of um, um, a little, how do you say it, like will help us to ramp up faster mm -hmm. and um, to really, because everyone is understanding now what we always try to make people realize on a like strategic theoretical level. I think now we see that decentralized manufacturing is the future and is a option that everyone should consider next to the traditional way of manufacturing. Yeah, great. I mean, I really love the idea of having decentralized manufacturing and, and supply chains that can be much shorter through that and you can really um, pretty much deliver on demand and on time. Um, I realized that you mentioned quite a few different industries. You mentioned um, the air and space industry, um, when you say you can deliver parts for airplanes, for example, but you also mentioned um, the medtech uh, med um, and, and med supply uh, industry. So where what industry do you think is currently most adaptive um, to 3D printing? And how do you think this is going to change um, through this, this crisis right now? Mm -hmm. So, if you would have um, asked me this question two months ago, before COVID-19, I would have told you that our biggest growing market right now is aerospace, and that especially the space uh, industry in the U.S. is adapting a lot and picking up a lot. Um, right now, we see this a little bit changing as actually there's a really innovation acceleration going on in the healthcare sector. Like in Germany, of course, we are quite well positioned, but then globally, I think um, also when it comes to flexible flexibility of supply chains and the parts that we can produce on demand and on time, as you just said, I think that we will see an acceleration here. 
or that's what at least I hope and we will do everything from our side to support this because uh, we see the benefits we can create with that. Perfect. So you do believe that this crisis overall has a positive impact on innovation life cycle? Um, I do actually. I think every crisis is kind of disrupting the normal way of, of, of thinking, of being, of, of, of living, because there you just have to find more creative solutions maybe to deal with uh, uh, specific situations because the conventional way often doesn't work anymore um, because it's blocked. As we see now, we have difficulty shipping, we have difficulty traveling. So that's why our global supply chain is not working anymore before. It was perfectly set up for success. So, so I think that these kind of crises, there can be an accelerator for innovation if used right. We also see that actually in the world of digitalization. I, I, I'm, I'm sure you saw this writing somewhere and there was a question um, who was uh, pushing digitalization and the organization. Was it the CEO, the CTO or was it COVID-19? And I think in the most cases, and I can also talk about our company here, like also internal digitalization happened a lot now with like different working environments we had. Like we all had to work from home now. So if you need completely different tools, you need to adapt. Of course, there are a lot of companies who work like that already. Um, but I think that all these um, options that are out there, sometimes the, um, the, the, the benefits of one, one option changes depending on the, on the situation you're in. So yeah, I think also it will get like, the whole crisis will give the digitalization of like whole companies and our global world a complete different push. Perfect. I have one more question regarding additive manufacturing. And then after that, one last question to you um, as a CEO of a big company. So first of all, the last um, 3D printing related question I had is, um, I mean, we you talked a lot about it um, now, how is how 3D printing and additive manufacturing is evolving and actually growing even in times like now where we globally go through this crisis. Um, but I think we are still the technology overall is still very young, I, I assume. And so my question would be, what do you think is still the missing part um, for this technology to be way bigger so if i if i imagine a world let's say in 2025 um how do you think does the industry look like and what has changed until then so that we really see a mass adoption adaption of this technology yeah that's a very good question actually and we're working in my, my leadership team every day on that to 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 push it forward because we want to grow the pie we don't want to grow market yes. share. We want to make sure that the pie for everyone is getting bigger. And so that's why it's a very relevant question. And I think there are different kind of um, answers to it. But how I look at it right now is that I think the industry has to move from looking just at the, at the systems. Of course, the systems have to be reliable and um, have to have a specific repeatability in, in the parts of property Realize, and that's something where industrialization is still a topic that the industry has to major. Um, but I think the bigger thing is also that we have to look at the whole solution. 
And we started very early on 10 years ago already to kind of create an ecosystem um, in our group of companies. My, da- my dad himself founded uh, some of them and also working very closely with uh, huge partners uh, globally to kind of be able to to provide a whole digital solution. So not only talking about a system, about a material, but really talking about the whole process chain, the whole digital value chain, um, where you then in the end have the part, the final part that you want to realize, and therefore also post-processing and connectivity to other ways of manufacturing are very important. So they're the whole digitalization and software tools, infrastructure platforms um, come in. And so we have to look at the whole picture and that's what we do actually. We're, um, we're, we're leading the market with this view and providing a lot of assets. And so in the end, it's about kind of like the puzzle. You have to like put the right parts um, and connect them in the, in the right way. And um, so we go from the machine to the digital platform and the infrastructure. And I think that's uh, what will make our uh, help our customers to to stay competitive and realize actually the full potential of the technology. Mm -hmm. I like the analogy of the puzzle you just talked about. And if if we think about the ecosystem being a puzzle, Currently, like from your standpoint today, do you think that there's still one puzzle piece missing or do we actually have already all the pieces and we just need to put them together to see the bigger picture? Or do you think we are actually still missing a couple pieces? And what would that be in terms like, yeah, in terms of opportunities for also new entrepreneurs who might want to pick up ideas um, do you think there's still a piece missing? In this? Um, so I think like in general, we have the ingredients or the pieces. What I definitely think is that the market or that the understanding how we can use 3D printing, industrial 3D printing the best, starting with the design in mind and how to design parts and what kind of designs or what kind of parts do really make sense to manufacture with the industrial 3D printing, and also looking at all the spare part um, 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 developments we see, where we see like um, 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 digital inventory movements, where, where companies actually realize that they don't um, have to store all the inventory anymore, but they also can uh, store digital twins or threads and then only produce them by demand. I think it's a lot about the usability of the um, of the technology. And of course, there are a lot of um, um, startups that go into software, that go into materials, not that many into hardware there, there as well, um, post-processing. But I think in the end, it's a lot um, about the design and starting to, like, educating the world and um, what you can do with it. And I think that that's something where we even created a whole consulting um, 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 team. It's over 100 people actually already a few years ago, and they don't do anything else than working together with potential partners, customers, or companies uh, to identify how they can use printing. And I think once you identify the right part, then you have to put the puzzle pieces together. But identifying the right part, I think, is the toughest, toughest thing right now. So everyone who wants to look into that and support, 
is more than welcome. Perfect. That sounds really great. And I guess it it brings us back to the beginning of our conversation when you talked about your dad showing you a ball within a ball. And I guess what that actually means is that we also have to probably rethink the whole engineering process. It's like how do we um, we, we we were used to like making sketches and draws on paper and then we thought about how can we build that and I think the 3D um, printing technology actually um, has the potential that we or that we can really think about what we need at the end rather than worrying about the engineering process. Would that be yes. right? Um, yes, of course, but you know it has a lot to do with change and um, change like to change behavior. To, to change and in, in how you how you look at things how you think um, and um, so in the end it's about human change and um, I, I think we will be very successful to implement this technology on a broader scale we have a lot of best practices and success stories already of course in different industries different customers but I think on the large scale to make it work it will it will um, yeah it, it will need to to start to do things differently. And for that, crisis can be an accelerator to kind of look a little bit outside of the box and understand the potential of things that maybe was a little bit too, too um, challenging when, when being in the normal, traditional way. Yeah, perfect. Maria, I have one last question. You know that uh, we help US-based companies to expand to Germany and in specific Bavaria. And you mentioned that you were headquartered in Bavaria. Um, my last question would be, um, what, do you, what do you like about having your company in Bavaria in terms of location? Um, what can you tell other companies about Bavaria as a business location? Um, What are benefits and but also disadvantages maybe? So I think in general Bavaria is one of the nicest spots I think in southern um, or in, in, in Germany in general but also very well connected of course. Munich is a great city. Um, there I think on the political political side, regulation side, there um, um, is a good understanding on how to um, support companies to 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 leverage the potential and grow accordingly and um, so I think there are also a lot of um, investments done by the governments to to support uh, companies to 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 yeah situate the headquarters or parts of the organization there And um, yeah, of course, then in the end, it's also about what kind of um, employees do you want to attract? And the cooler the city, the easier it is. It, of course, also has the downside that Munich is not the most, um, not the cheapest part of uh, Germany um, or Europe. But um, yeah, I think in, 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 in general, we, we have very good uh, conversations and relationships with the local um, politicians that uh, always help. And um, yeah, but in the end, my dad lived here and uh, just decided to open up a company and start a company close to where we went to school. So I'm sure there are a lot of other great um, parts in the world as well. But everyone is welcome to reach out to me and understand a little bit more in detail how we do it here. 
Well, thank you so much, Marie. That was really amazing. Um, I really enjoyed our conversation. Um, obviously, I hope to stay in touch and hope to be part of that um, interesting additive manufacturing journey. Um, once again, thank you so much. Um, and it was my pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, I, uh, um, I really appreciated the, the conversation and uh, had a lot of fun. So thank you, Danielle, and um, stay safe. It's very important right now. Exactly. Same for you. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye.